Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, here with my co-host, Laurel Boyven. Thank you for joining us as we dive into how doing your inner work or the beautiful work is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. Our hope is to inspire you to explore who you are, who you want to become, and what you want to do with this one precious life. Because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Hello, hello. Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. We are here talking about all things inner work, aren't we, Laurel? We are. Mm. And, and we get to talk about how inner work creates a beautiful life. Yes, 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 yes. That is what we propose. That is what we are living. And that is what we are here to help people with. So we hope that our podcast serves you today. We have a great topic today, which I'm not sure that we have addressed directly yet on the podcast, which would be surprising, but I will go back and look. And if we have addressed it, I will put a little uh, note here in the notes for people to go back and listen to that one too. But this one is called Overcoming Guilt, Mm. which is a really big topic and one that uh, for those of us doing inner work and, and really wanting to clean and clear ourselves internally for good and beautiful life, this is an important topic and important work to do, isn't it, Laurel? It is. And I think about how much guilt gets in our way of mm-hmm. being who we want to be or having what we want to have. Yes. Often guilt just stops us in our tracks. It does. It does. And it can can become a habit and and a self-limiting pattern if we're not conscious that it's there doing that. And so hopefully today, by the end of this conversation, it will help people to be able to be on the lookout a little bit for maybe some of the markers of how guilt can show up in different ways in our life. And then certainly ways to work with it, because it's really important to proactively um, do the work that's necessary to release guilt and, and live the life that you really want to live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to dive into this because guilt is not a topic I think much about, Mm. but, but I know, you know, through my life, it has been a big driver of my decisions. Yes. Um, Yes. Especially, you know, decades ago, right. Before I started Mm. doing this inner work. Yeah. Yeah. And I know as an overly responsible younger person before I was conscious of how overly responsible I was being and and actually codependent in a lot of ways. um, I think, you know, guilt was was kind of there. And I think I was probably taking on guilt for other people and not even really aware I was doing it. That's how insidious this emotion can be if we're not conscious of the way it can show up in our lives. So it's I think it's I think it's um. I'm really happy to be talking about it today. I want to jump in here, Laurel, because this is um, when I work with clients and we talk about guilt, this is one of the things that I feel like I say a lot and I live by for myself. And that is that guilt is good for two things. One, to help you change your behavior. 
and two, to let you know that you need to say you're sorry. And if you can take a quick inventory when guilt comes up and you can see that no, neither of those things apply, usually it's some old guilt, it's somebody else's guilt, it's a misconstrued guilt, you know, it's something that really um, you can work with and it, it probably is a habit or a pattern that you can change and it might not even require changing behavior or um, saying you're sorry. It might just be the way you're thinking about life and the way that you're thinking about yourself. So um, yeah. I, I love that quick lesson. I always feel like I, that's useful. Yeah, it, it sounds really useful because I think that we carry a lot of other people's stories, other people's guilt or shame, you know, especially those of us who are people pleasers or re recovering people pleasers, mm -hmm. right? We're perfectionists, yeah. right? Like we carry guilt that isn't our own. So just quickly repeat those two things. Yeah. Um, so guilt is good for two things. One, to help you change your behavior or two, to notify you that you need to make amends. Mm, that, yeah. It's so good. So good. Yeah. And Laurel, I want to jump right into this idea of, um, you know, taking on other people's guilt or having it passed down through the generations, because I do feel like that that topic is a great place to begin. And I think it might be one that it might feel complicated in a certain kind of way to people, or we could get into the energetics of it and it might then be a little more elusive. But I think one way to think about it is if our parents and then back up the line, right? Did things that they felt guilty for or that they thought were wrong or bad, and they didn't self-correct and carried the guilt of that, their language and their thinking kind of shapes around that guilt and around the things that they did wrong. And oftentimes there's a lot of indirect mes messaging that comes through to us as children around all that, that we start to feel bad about things that we might even just think about that we didn't even do and suddenly we're, we're guilty for them because our parents made us paranoid or, or they just passed on that, that guilt or that shame around the things that they did. And, um, and that's how that kind of gets moved along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And, you know, it reminds me of how important it is when, you know, we've talked about judgment in other episodes mm -hmm. and that quest, you know, um, to be non-judgmental, yeah. right? how much how much guilt would be we be free of if we did not have judgment about other people's behavior yeah. or our own behavior? Or, you know, you talk about us as mm -hmm. children kind of learning the languaging of what is bad or what is good, right? And so then yeah. we become, we feel guilty for being a certain way. Um, yeah. You know, I can give a really great example right now, uh, you know, I, I coach a number of young women and I have a daughter who, you know, have been told that they're too much. Right. Yeah. And so they're, so they're, they're, they're guilt. They feel guilty for being all that and more, mm -hmm. um, which is a really great thing for a young woman Yeah. in my, in my, in my judgment, <laughs> in my <laughs> in perspective. In That's my right. opinion, my yeah. perspective. Um, and so, you know, to feel guilty for something that really is just 
could be considered a strength or a personality or, you know, if we really could look at it objectively and know that it is not right or wrong or good or bad, it just is. Right. We would right. free ourselves up from a lot of guilt. I know. And I think that, you know, those those kind of automatic responses sometimes from parents, right, when they feel um, unable to manage their children well, or don't know what to do with somebody's big energy or big voice or whatever it is, right? And they don't know what to do. And they, they inadvertently can, right, squelch that and make it seem like it's wrong or bad. I know for me, it showed up in my family as I was too emotional, right? And there was something wrong with that, right? And I come to find out not at all, nothing wrong with that. It's a gift. And I've learned how to use it really well. And thank goodness I am. And yeah, it's painful sometimes for sure, but I've also learned how to work with that. So I, I think, you know, again, it's like, how do we begin to um, look at, right? This is where, this is where to me, feelings hold great vital information for us. And they can be wonderful guides to help us craft our life in in better ways for us, right? And so guilt is one of those emotions. So when it comes up, right, instead of like just feeling the guilt and, and feeling bad and thinking the old story or the old message or whatever was delivered with that, right? Like I'm too much, I'm too big, I'm gotta, I gotta tone it down, right? Instead saying to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute, do I need to feel badly for what I, do I, feel, do I really feel badly for whatever I just did that might've seemed too big for somebody else. Like, how do I really feel about that? Because what it comes back to is your value system and what you live by and what feels right and good and true for you, right? And oh, yes. if it didn't feel too big for you and you feel okay about it, then time to just get rid of the guilt and move on. If there's no yes. amends to be made, let it go, right? That's somebody else's opinion. Yeah. Yes, that is so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Laurel, as we think about working more with guilt, right, and 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 uh, and how to how to be on the lookout, right, for guilt. What what comes up for you? You know, as like markers mm. or um, ways to help people, like what might be signals for them or clues. Yeah. You know, I this is hard a hard topic because. Um, you know, so much of it comes from really our own, our belief system or our values, right? Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes for me, what comes up is um, right away, if I feel guilty or if I experience um, maybe my actions make someone else feel guilty, right? It could be that I'm the, I'm feeling it or I am taking some action or causing someone else to feel it. Often I really have to, I stop and look at what are the values that are, are being infringed upon, right? Mm -hmm. And is that a good indicator of whether I, the guilt is warranted or not, right? Um, and so if it's me feeling guilty for doing something, yet I'm standing firm in my own values, that frees me up to be okay um, and letting go of the guilt. And, being okay, maybe disappointing someone. Why well, feel guilty if it truly is that I'm protecting my own values or standing firm in my values? Same with boundaries, right? 
um, I may feel guilty for, for saying no. But if I'm honoring myself in doing that, there really should be no room for, for guilt. And then I have to dig deeper into what is it that, you know, whose story is it that I should be feeling guilty? Yeah, I, um, when, as you were talking about that, what was coming up for me uh, really strongly was, um, you know, for myself, right, is I so badly don't want to disappoint people. I want to be there for them. I want to be who they want me to be. I want to, I want to hold myself to have really high standards all the time. Right. And so even just the language of uh, learning how to say no gracefully, right. It comes with practice. That's one thing I've learned. And one of the things with saying no is right from the get go is, uh, Oh gosh, I, I hate to disappoint you. I really don't want to disappoint you, but I have to say no because it just doesn't fit in my schedule, right? Already relieves oneself. For me, it's helped relieve me of going from saying no to feeling guilty about disappointing somebody, right? I've already made the amends right up front for for me worrying, and I'm doing it for me, right? I'm not, I'm doing it for both me and for them. Me because I don't want to disappoint people. And if I feel like I'm disappointing somebody, it's going to make me uncomfortable and then I'll feel badly. And so I want right from the beginning to them to know, I don't want to disappoint you. It, it bothers me to disappoint you, but I have to say no, because this is what I need to do for me. And, and as a sensitive person, like these things are important. They're, they're not, they're not, um, they're like the subtleties of learning how to take care of yourself when you're a sensitive person and you do really care about other people's feelings so that you don't carry around guilt and shame just for saying no. Right. Yeah. And and what struck me as you were talking about that approach is that you are the two things came to mind. You are sharing with them the difficulty it is for you to say no, right? Yeah. So you are, you're vulnerable in you're sharing your feelings about your actions with them right away. And then the other piece is you're almost, you're communicating your intention, right? And so the words that you use communicate that your intention is not to disappoint them, but to honor whatever it is that you, in yourself that you have to take care of. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that, you know, we've talked about this a million times. Mm-hmm. So many things come down to communication. Yes. And um, the other thing that it reminded me is that it might be a practice to get to that point. Because I know, you know, in my younger years, when my boundaries weren't so firm, and, and let, I'll be clear, my boundaries are always firming up. They're not perfect. <laughs> Still something I work on. Um, but you know, the, the conversation of, I don't want to disappoint you, but I have to say no, leaving without strong boundaries, that could lead to a whole discussion or being pressured. Well, if you don't want to disappointment, why are you choosing? If you don't want to disappointment, disappoint me, why are you choosing to say no? Right. right and then right. if, if I don't have yeah. firm boundaries, I'm going to lose that argument. I can tell you that right now. Right, right. Or if you're not clear, if you're not clear on why you're saying no either, right? right? I mean, I I feel like 
um, for me, it was a it was definitely a work in progress to the, get to the point where I realized um, once I've made a decision about something, that's what I'm choosing is the best thing for me in my life right now, right? And and I'm I'm going to disappoint people at times. It's just that's just the way it is. Just like I'm disappointed by other people when they're choosing what's best for them, and I honor that. I, I don't, you know, I'm like well, I'm, I'm disappointed, and then I move on. Okay, what's my next option? <laughs> right. So I don't good. dwell in the I don't dwell on the wow, that was really a bummer. It was like, okay, yeah, that's too bad. All right. Well, what else could I do here? What else? You know, I'm a problem solver, like you, right? We've yeah. talked about problem solving too. You like if you move on and you go, okay, what's the next thing? And yes. so I want to say something else about this uh making amends, right? Um, and and uh and working with guilt. This is a really important I think uh, discussion for people and something for them to really think about and think about in their relationships as well. So uh, one of the things for me, when I talk about uh, making amends to people, right, is there's kind of, to me, two scenarios. One is I've done something, I didn't even realize I did something to hurt somebody. And so I, I wanna apologize for just inadvertently hurting somebody and then to have a discussion on what's going on, you know, what really happened here. And then the other one is when people are repeatedly doing the same behavior and apologizing for it again and again and again. And, um, and it becomes very difficult to forgive somebody who doesn't change their behavior and just keeps apologizing. And so with any apology, right, we're back to that second thing about guilt, right? Either change your behavior or make amends, right? Like, and so usually with guilt, if you really do feel guilty, like I, I've decided I'm guilty as charged, right? Usually you need to change your behavior. Otherwise you're gonna be doing the same thing again and you're just gonna keep on apologizing. Yes. And so that, I mean, it makes me just think about, is there, is there a, you know, um, kind of a, a range of things, right, for which, are there things that aren't really guilt that we feel that we, that we call guilt, right? right? And right. so because, for instance, right, we, we disappoint someone, and we apologize because we've hurt them in some way, but it's not something that we're never going to do again. Yeah, and maybe. Are we just mislabeling guilt? Like, what right. is is there something else happening in us that we're apologizing to free up some emotion that we're carrying that really isn't guilt? I guess is my question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is great because I feel like this was this was a little bit of where we started. Right? Was what are these markers? for guilt and wh where are the places that guilt can come from and where are the places that we can learn how to let go of of guilt right and one of the things that comes right to mind right is sometimes we when we've been growing up in families where we haven't gotten the good attention that we need or people are overburdened or overtired or overwhelmed and we didn't get good parenting sometimes we leave those situations feeling like there's something wrong with us and we feel guilty simply 
for just being, for taking up space, for taking somebody's time, for having somebody to just listen to us. And what would normally be things that if you had a good, healthy self-esteem or you didn't, or you didn't have a, you know, you didn't feel, end up with a problem feeling like something's wrong, you're a burden, then those things wouldn't bother you. You wouldn't feel guilty. You wouldn't feel badly. You'd just be like, oh, are you listening to me? You know, you just ask the question. You wouldn't have a pile of guilt loaded on there with it, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, Laurel, what you're bringing up is, is absolutely so valid and so important. And, and this is the inner beautiful work that we're talking about, ultimately. You know, the, the example that you give of, you know, apologizing for taking up space, like we sometimes feel guilty yeah. for speaking our mind or for, you know, for commanding a presence, right? Or, or yeah. commanding attention, right? You know, like, yeah. and, and this is where we go back, who are we harming? You know, right. why? What are our values? Right? right, what are our yeah. values? What's yeah. our intention? And then the big question, whose story is it that is yeah. causing me to feel guilty? Yeah. You know, right. we could probably talk all day about guilt because I do think that the more, you know, it's something I don't think about often, but when we tie it to an apology and changing behavior, it really does cause me to want to, you know, I'll say think for, because I am a head thinker, to really think about where, where, where guilt shows up in my life that I don't even realize it right now. Yeah. One of the great markers for that, Laurel, is um, I, I love this is just uh, every time I'm sorry comes out of your mouth, really look at what you're apologizing for. And, and is it really, is that just a habitual, I'm sorry, phrase. right? Mm -hmm. A habitual phrase, right? And, and uh, it will help lead, it helps us lead ourselves back into where is the source of the I'm sorry coming from? And oftentimes that can be the one of the clues, right? One of those little breadcrumbs to lead you back to where's that inner work that needs to be done. One of the people um, I love, I'll give a little shout out to here. I, I had her book, I lent it, I don't have it anymore, but um, I'm pretty sure the title of it is hashtag I am enough, or it was mm -hmm. at one point, I don't know if she updated it. Her name is Marissa Peer. And really, if you follow her on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, you know, she's out there on social media, all she talks about is, I am enough. You know, she's, she uses it, the phrase over and over and over again. And it's so profound. Like when you listen to her, you know, you realize how profoundly many people uh, have been groomed to in the, in the world to believe like they're, they're just not enough. You know, they're yeah. a problem in some way at their core, not and 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 this is the stuff that starts really early on, right? Very early on when parents just aren't parenting consciously, they aren't doing it necessarily well, they're tired, they're overwhelmed, they don't they don't know how to do it really well and and help children, you know, go forward and have good self-esteem. And so um, you know, the path to to reclaiming I am enough is deep, big work, but wow. So life-changing, so life-changing. It is. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it brings me to the uh, kind of a next aspect of <clears throat> feeling guilt or, or feeling guilty is our inability to claim what we really want, right? We oh, talked about values yes. or boundaries, but, you know, I'll give the example of if I choose to eat a pint of ice cream, 
why should I feel guilty? Right. Because I chose it. That's right. right? That's right. And but again, and that goes back to, but are you breaking your value system? Right. Yes. Th and this is, this is where it all fits together. Right. From, from what you said, right from the beginning, like that whole idea of values and your choices and are we violating ourselves? And oftentimes the I'm sorry is to ourselves, not to anybody else. Yes. <laughs> or yeah. the I'm sorry is because we believe someone else might judge us for whatever it is that we chose to do. Right. right and, right. you know, it could be anything. It could be, it could be, you know, how I spend my money or yeah. the type of clothing I wear. It could be any choice. The right. house how I late I stay in. up. Right. 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 All of, <laughs> I we know. could feel guilty all day, every day for everything we do. If right. I'm going to say, if we allow ourselves to be so um, it's a hard practice to own your guilt when you truly need to apologize and make amends um, and not carry it when there is no reason. Yes, yes. That you need and, to. And I think that, um, it, you know, for people that are out there struggling in relationships where they're feeling a lot of shame or they're feeling like they're getting a lot of guilt and it's being perpetuated by somebody else in the relationship that makes them feel badly about themselves. That is a really important a line of communication to address in that relationship. It, it, should, it should never go unaddressed, either by you in therapy, right? Somebody in counseling or therapy or coaching or whatever, or as a couple in their process of um, being able to, to have a healthy working relationship because anybody who's using language that is, is inciting guilt and shame in somebody else often that's a pattern and it's often a pattern that they learned growing up. And so they might not be aware of how their language is affecting somebody else. And so that's the, the communication dance, right. And the be, the ability. And sometimes we need, sometimes we do need a therapist or a coach or somebody to help us work through that together so that, we can have healthy, objective, you know, because oftentimes we're being triggered in these relationships. And we're going to come back and talk about triggering later in our, yeah. our season here, because it's a really important topic. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because when you think about shame or guilt, you know, when it is shamed or guilted, right? It is, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to know what part of grammar it is, but it's a verb in which yeah. it is inflicted upon you that yeah. you are not causing yourself to be that. So that I think it's right. really important to know when we feel that way because of others and when we feel that way because of ourselves, right? right. And right. How do you honor others and yourself? This is why we talk about this inner deep work all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think, you know, the idea of using uh, guilt or shame has often been a way of, uh, control, uh, uh, controlling people. Right. And then we go back to, you know, even we didn't even touch on any, uh, perhaps religious dog dogma that might be, um, it, it, you know, uh, uh, um, connected with this idea of, you know, guilt and, and, uh, controlling people or controlling people's behaviors. And, uh, and oftentimes, you, you know, there's, there's some merit to some of it for people that really need help controlling their behavior modifying their their actions that 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 are harmful to other people but all in all you know as we're just talking about this inner work 
you know, for me, I would, I would make a blanket statement that shame is just not useful, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. so interesting because it, there's such a connection between shame and guilt, but I know we can, we have the ability to feel one without the other. I could feel right. guilty for something that I have no shame about, right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, or, or I could feel, I could feel shame for something that I do not feel guilty for. Right. And I love that you brought up, you know, that's great. The that guilt is is something. It's one of the mechanisms that keeps us safe, keeps you know, it keeps mm -hmm. us controlled, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it is very useful. Right. Um, and in organizations, whether it's a, the family structure, you know, maybe uh, maybe you know, in an employment situation or a religious community, you know, mm -hmm. or a non-religious community in the community yeah. there are things that that we are um where we are led to believe that we should feel guilt for and remorse right guilt and remorse mm -hmm. where you know i could give the example of speeding no one feels guilty that they speed that they go over the yeah. speed limit yeah you know rarely i don't know and anybody anybody <laughs> and it's and it's not a social expectation that we should feel guilty if we drive too fast Right? right. But the social expectation in other areas, you know, yeah. is really um, a driver of guilt. Right. And it's so interesting. Uh, you know, it is. It's a great we could topic. talk all day about this. We could. We could. And so I hope that um, and since we we probably don't have a natural place to actually come to conclusion here or come to an end, because I feel like this is a very open topic. I would invite people to continue the exploration. Laurel, any suggestions for people around journaling, a journaling prompt for this or oh. some, uh, yeah, inner inner work prompting for for our listeners, our friends out there today? What comes I up? think a good journaling prompt would be one that was tied to um, what, what did, you know, to our listeners and to you, Laurel, and to me, mm -hmm. you know, what did, what, did I, what did you um, feel guilty over or about when you were younger, right? Mm. And what, what was the cause? What was, what was the belief that had you thinking you needed or you should feel guilty over something, right? Yeah. So really kind of noticing your past guilt and where it came from. Yeah, that's great. And I that's and I think in the in the current, the here and now in the present, it might not be journaling, but maybe just noticing. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think I loved yours, when do you say you're sorry? Is yeah. it habitual? Do you say it for things that you should not? Right. But don't don't warrant an apology. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I would say, um, I would say maybe do like a, a take a take a week or anywhere between a week and a month. If you know this topic was a hot spot for you and you know it hit some buttons for you, I might do it for a month, you know, but at least for a week. Just do an end of the day guilt inventory. Did you feel guilty that day? What was it about? Right. And did you break any of your own values? Right. Because I think that um 
you know, uh, guilt is a great way too to begin to highlight what are your high values, you know, what, and, and if you're mad at somebody else, right, for doing something, that's, that's another marker of, but we'll come back and I'll talk about that another time. Yeah, so let's stick with the guilt topic for today. <laughs> well, Laurel, thank you. Time for, flies when we're talking. I know, when we're talking all <laughs> things inner work and beautiful work, we are definitely on a roll. All right, Laurel, off we go for today. I will see you next week on Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. Thanks for all your contribution today. I love your voice and I love your ideas. Thank you. And it's always a pleasure to talk with you. I'm happy to be here every week. Me too. See you again. All right. Bye. See you next week. Bye. We're glad you're with us on this journey. If you're ready to dive deeper into the beautiful work, join us in our private Facebook group where we continue the conversation and support one another in our inner work. Did you know that we're both life coaches? It would be an honor to work with you. When you're ready to dig into your own beautiful work, you'll find our contact information in the show notes. Thanks for being with us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. As you do your beautiful work, know that we're here for you. Are there topics that you'd like to explore? Send us an email. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. We're glad you're with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.